As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Being a dad, being a dad means barbecuing and embarrassing your kids. Being a dad, being a dad means you get to go bald. Being a dad means getting to say, I fuck your mom. Hey guys, it's Sandy, and this is MFers, uh, parenting podcast. Today on the show, I have Sarah Tiana. She's fucking awesome. We talk about vagina steaming and how it paved the way for her pregnancy. It's a really interesting episode. We talk parenting. We talk comedy. She's an avid sports fan. Mar- not married. Her partner is a sports broadcaster. She's got a cool life. I'm excited for you to hear about it. Before we get to the interview, really quick, thank you to everyone who listens. Please go rate and review. It really helps us out. What also helps us out is if you go buy something from KoiCBD.com using my promo code MFers15 for your first purchase. Get 15% off. And also... My album, Daddy Boy, is out everywhere. Go stream it. Even if you've already heard it, play it on mute over and over again. Go listen to it. Tell everybody about it. I'm really proud of it. It's my first album. It's way overdue. And um, thank you to anyone who's listened to it already. I love all you guys for listening to the podcast. And um, I hope everyone out there is doing great. Enjoy the episode. It's a fun conversation with a super funny, cool comic and mom, Sarah Tiana. Wearing a hat. It's a Sunday. We've been out and about, so I'm wearing a hat. It looks lovely. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm wearing a hat because um, I didn't think I could get away with wearing a man bun without you making fun of me to the point that I wanted to cry. <laughs> That's not true. I would not. I'm not that fast. You're so sweet, but you have such a vicious tongue sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I think, yeah. I think it's an, only, no, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's, it's an amazing skill. I've never been mu- like, I can write jokes as characters and for my own standup, but I've just never been very strong at writing roast type jokes and i and i envy that skill i think it's well i just try to always write jokes that will impress you and not hurt your feelings so that's usually my goal 
That's uh, really the key to it is like you can be as mean as possible as long as it's a well-crafted good joke. It doesn't matter how mean it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I tend to write meaner ones for people, <laughs> you know, when I'm not doing them, but when I'm doing them, I'm like, oh, I'm never, I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's something I'm in awe of and I'm excited to see how it um, translates passed down to your son. <laughs> yeah i'm interested to see how that goes too. <laughs> like it's an uh, interesting form of discipline like i'm not gonna punish you i'm just gonna eviscerate you yes yes yeah you're not gonna win in a fight uh i will always find something better to say but you know i mean i think uh I'm interested in people. I think that's the, what I will pass down to him. And that's like what good roasting is. It's like, you have to do a lot of research. You have to be interested in someone. I'm not just going to like make fun of you for being a man or a woman, you know, like those are things outside of your control. So like doing research, getting to know somebody, like finding their weakness and then exploiting it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what getting ahead in this world is all about though. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So you have your son's eight months, huh? Yeah, he just turned eight months old. So yeah. he, his entire existence, the entire scope of his life has been within the pandemic, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. He's really only, like, his vision, did, when his vision finally, like, adjusted so that he could actually see things, like, yeah, everyone was in masks, except for us, you know, at yeah. home. Yeah. Uh-huh. We didn't really go out that much. So it's not like his early life was really that different than it normally would have been. Yeah. I mean, you ha- I remember hearing that you had the baby just before this all, all this craziness went down. Yeah, February and, uh, 25th. Yeah. I mean, really, no better maternity leave than a stay-at-home order. Trust me, it is the best. Like, I feel so guilty because everyone, like, this has been so incredibly difficult on so many people. And I understand how that could, it could be awful. Uh, and, it, but this has been the exact perfect situation for me. Like, because I've been able to work from home. My job is, I am lucky enough that I have a job writing where I can work from home, but also no stand-up comedy. So I don't feel like I'm missing out, which is to me was going to be the biggest hurdle. The biggest step was like, Oh, what if I don't feel like going out and I don't feel like going up? Like, how am I going to handle that? That's why I started this podcast to try to figure out how other comics have navigated maintaining their sense of individuality and their schedule of going out late at night, doing stand-up, going on the road, and still try to have at least the illusion of being a good parent. (sighs) And not all are, but most that I've talked to are. And um, I wanted... I don't I wanted to maintain my life before having a kid and seamlessly bridge it. And you have just had this uh, (laughs) fortuitous timing of the pandemic to like, well, I don't have to worry about it for now. And that's uh, it's pretty cool. And I think we all like have this thing. And it's very human where we feel guilty when we benefit from other people's suffering. Not all people have that. 
but like you shouldn't feel guilty about it. It's just something that happened to work out in your favor. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to feel guilty about it when other people are suffering. Um, (laughs) But I can really only control like my, you know, immediate environment. And so I've made the best of it. And it has been an ideal situation for me. You know, I basically got eight months of maternity leave. I just started back work like two weeks ago. So like, I, and, and I still like don't even have to work five days a week, you know, because of the pandemic, our hours are adjusted. We can't go into an office like the normal time. So yeah, it's kind of been an ideal situation so much so that like, I thought I can't have a second kid because I'm not going (laughs) to, (laughs) this kind of quality time with another baby you know but then again like my mom stayed home for I think two and a half years when she had me and then she stayed home for six weeks when she had my sister which is like I've seen it now I always think about the second child and how no matter what whether it's a middle child or just you have two whatever it may be how they get the shaft they don't get all new stuff they don't get i think about how there's no possible way i'll ever be able to love and give the attention to the second kid as much as i do the first the first is like the pioneer that discovered everything and the Mm -hmm. second one's just like okay i guess i'll i'll go too and it there's just not as much novelty and shine to the second kid. Yeah, I know. And this, I think the second kid is forced to become more independent. I think like, um, I mean, my sister's a second child and she has a doctorate and I tell dick jokes. So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's that aspect of like success, but like, um, I, yeah, I often think about that. It, like, it, well, I, I've always heard that psychiatrists say that, for a second child, it's like to only to be able to identify with what they're thinking, it would be like if you're married and like your wife brought home another husband and was like, no, 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 I'm going to love you just as much, but he's going to live here too, you know? (laughs) And like, that's how a child perceives it. So if you think about it like that, you're like, this is super fucked up. You know, it's funny you use that example because um, you know how when you go on the road there are certain jokes you can only do in certain places. Yeah. Whenever I go to Utah, I do a bit about how I believe in polyg- polygamy, but reverse, like I want to be one of many husbands because it just takes the pressure off. You know, <laughs> like I wouldn't be the one that fixes stuff or, you know, like is the strong, tough protector. I'm the one that like cuts the tension and watches the game and, plays with the kids until I get tired, you know, like yeah. I'm the one that that's like in the bathroom for two hours. Not, I'm not the one that does like all the big important stuff. And if my wife did bring home another husband, I'd be like, cool. You can <laughs> fill in the void that I have left with all my deficiencies. I think being able to play with children is the big important stuff. I don't, you know, like, obviously, like, everybody, I mean, I know I like it when, like, my boyfriend does, like, cool manly things around the house, which is rare, but he does them, you know, uh, after I beg him to do them enough. And, like, but I think seeing a man play with his child, you know what I mean, like, over and over again until they're both exhausted is, like, pretty incredible. 
especially at our age. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's funny you say that because we just moved into a new house and my wife is currently installing new stuff and I'm mm. out here in the garage doing a podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, we were looking, uh, we actually been house shopping. So we were looking for a new house today and like I was just imagining all the work that was going to go into every place that we looked at. And I finally, I was like, no, it has to have a remodeled kitchen. Anything else I can do, but like a remodeled kitchen takes like eight months and then you can't cook anything, you know, you can't, and the kitchen is the centerpiece of the house. So like, it's good, you know, but Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And right now we have our handyman installing a new sink, which was a whole ordeal because the whole, the other sink left behind didn't fit the standard size of sink. And we're on our third sink now what? that I've been back. I've, I'm averaging 1.5 trips to Home Depot per day for the last mm. two weeks. It's fun. You know, I feel like an adult, even though when I look in the mirror, I don't see one, mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty cool. But you mentioned at our age and our energy level, and, and you wouldn't know it from looking at you, but you're a little bit older to have just had an infant. Was it difficult to get pregnant? Was it planned? I hope I'm not out of turn asking you this, no. but a lot of the genesis of the podcast is that it was really hard for me and my wife to get pregnant the first time around. My wife's now 35. I've and with a two-year-old, but just it's an unexplored and and kind of a taboo, weirdly taboo thing to talk about how hard it is to get pregnant and miscarriages and all that. And it's something that really fascinates me. And I just want to create a uh, support no. community for people out there. So talk about your journey in uh, yeah, yeah. becoming a parent. Well, I think that's important, you know, establishing normalcy because it is normal. And, uh, you know, my boyfriend and I have been together for four and a half years. I'm 42. Uh, I was 41 when I got pregnant. And um, we had actually. I got to say, I got to cut you off and say that it's it's incredible. I didn't know that you were in your 40s and you do not look it. It's crazy. (laughs) Well, thank you. Maybe that's why I'm so happy to say it because I always you'll have that answer. Yeah, for sure. You'll have to share with me your, your skin care routine. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's probably just genetic, but I will share it with you <laughs> if you want, but it's not anything cool. Um, okay. I, um, so we um, accidentally got pregnant a year before. So when I was 40. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know I could get pregnant. My doctors had always told me that, if, that I had like some sort of film over a fallopian tube or something. And I had to get that removed if I ever wanted to. And so I was like, oh, I have like a natural um, uh, diaphragm, basically. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's why I haven't ever had any scares or anything. And so. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lo and behold, <laughs> that wasn't true, apparently. Or I had a vagina steam like a few years ago, and so they think maybe that could have triggered, like... Because that and it helps with your fertility and that, um, you know, releases anytime maybe that burned through the, the, the film. I have no idea. So anyway, we accidentally got pregnant. I was shocked. He was shocked. And we lost the baby by like seven weeks or something like that. And so that was like, that was a shock. I, I'm so you sorry. Know, so it's okay. You know, like at the time we were terrified and then you get excited and then you lose it and you're like, Oh no, you know, like, and it was a terrible miscarriage. It lasted for like two and a half, three months. Like I Ooh. never stopped to bleed. They couldn't get the bleeding to stop. Like it was oh, off. I get, it was off. I gained all this weight. Like I could, cause I couldn't exercise. I was just depressed. And I was just like, but if that wouldn't happen, we would have never even thought about having children this soon, you know, like, and so after we kind of, at the time we were moving in together as well. So I was going Mm -hmm. through this whole miscarriage, we're moving in together. And then afterward, it's probably, probably like a year later, I was like, I'm just going to go to the doctor and see what my body is like and just see how everything's working and what, what we need to do because, I'm getting older and my boyfriend's a sportscaster. So I have to explain everything to him in sports. So I had to be like, you know, my, I'm kind of like Tom Brady. Like, I don't want to stop playing, but my body's not going to let me continue playing forever. (laughs) Yeah. And so my doctor was like, you have to get pregnant now. If you want to get pregnant, you need to do IVF right away. I don't even think you should mess around. And I was just like, I was devastated because I was just like, I thought maybe, you know, I I didn't really think about it. And so I was also like, he's going to break up with me. You know, (laughs) like if I come home and tell him we have to have a baby, what's he going to say? And so I like gathered up all this courage, you know, and I just basically gave him an out. You know, I was just like, listen, this is something I feel like I have to do. It's like, it's like being able to do a magic trick. Like I'm not going to not do my magic. If I can do magic with my body, I'm not going to not do magic or try. And I was like, I just don't feel like I'll be a happy person if I don't try. Because it's something I've always wanted. I would love to have one with you. If this isn't what you want, I'm I'm not going to punish you. But like, you have an out. It's something that I have to try to do with or without you. And, um, you know, I think in a way, it was an ultimatum. I didn't mean for it to be like that. It was just like something that I felt this pressure to do. And luckily, he was like, yo, let's do it. You know, we felt like we could get married anytime, but we could only have a baby around this time. Mm -hmm. So we made an appointment for IVF. Like we both got, he got his stuff checked. I got my stuff checked, but in the process we got pregnant in the second try, the second month. And then it took, and then 
all of a sudden he's here. And we were like, oh my God, <laughs> that went by so fast. We wow. thought it was going to be way harder. We thought it was going to be like, and you know, again, I am so sympathetic to your journey because I thought my journey was going to be equal to yours. I thought it was going to be very difficult, a long process, an expensive one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it. we just got really lucky. And then we just kept like, and then the stress of it starts because then you're like, we have to hear a heartbeat. You know, we've never heard a heartbeat before. And then there's a heartbeat. And then you're so overcome with emotion. And then we're like, well, we have to hear it a second time. You know, it's got to, you know, we've heard tons of stories about the first time you hear it, the second time you don't. And, um, and so we were really terrified. And then we heard it again. And then, you know, by like the third or fourth time, it was like, we finally like actually believed it and allowed ourselves to start getting excited because, going through a miscarriage is just so devastating. And, you know, you, that sense of loss is so real. And, um, and I, you know, luckily the first time we had never heard a heartbeat, so we didn't have to get attached to it. You know, I've had plenty of friends who have, and I can't imagine how hard that was, but for us, we got really lucky and now he's here. And so we're just kind of reveling in the joy of him being here and, yeah. That's so cool. When you say the second try, the second try of IVF or just like the natural way? The natural way. Yeah. That's so we, cool. Yeah. we On many no levels. <laughs> because <laughs> no. IVF is fucking expensive. Very expensive. Um, we were actually going to see about inseminating first just to try that route. But mm-hmm. then, you know, I had a really fancy doctor uh, in Beverly Hills who was just like, no, you know, like, this is what we're doing. And you're just like, well, you seem to be a pro, like you get all these old celebrities pregnant. So I'm sure like, <laughs> I should trust what you're doing. And, um, and so we went, yeah, so we made an appointment for IVF. But then we used that appointment for our eight week appointment, basically, once, once I was pregnant. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, it was so great. I mean, I still I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it worked. At the same time, though, I had never used an app to track my cycle or anything. Uh-huh. So yeah, I had yeah. never known like, what day and when and like, nothing like that. So once I started doing that, it, it worked out. But um, it's amazing what you learn once you hit the point where you want to have a baby and (laughs) how you look back at all those times when you were trying to not have a baby or worried about maybe making one. And had you only known, you know, those, the very, fixed and finite tracking data yeah. you, you could it, it just comes down to asking simple questions but instead you're just like in your 20s living fast and loose and doing whatever yeah i mean i didn't have apps in my 20s but like i think nowadays they do like it would be very easy to like skirt around that shit you know i right, also but- grew up in an environment where like everybody got pregnant at like 16 17 so i'm like <laughs> way behind most of my friends have grandkids. <laughs> we had That's... a daycare center in my high school, Sandy, like Holy for the students. Shit. Yeah, it was like, it was a big deal in Georgia. It was like, not a big deal. It wasn't like encouraged, but it was just like normal. Yeah, it wasn't like a taboo. It was like, oh, we're going to Christie's. Uh... <laughs> 
baby, baby shower. shower. And then next year we're going to go to her sweet 16. Uh-huh. And then her graduation. Yeah. 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 Super and, crazy. But yeah. And no judgment and everyone's just thrilled about it. I don't know about thrilled. I think there was some judgment. I don't think it was like encouraged, but it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't discouraged if you have a daycare center in there. Cause like they took out sex ed cause that was encouraging. Right. You know, yeah, that's, that's fucked up, but I still yeah. think that I had sex ed. We, I, I remember it started in fourth grade and we had it every year until like maybe 10th or 11th grade. And you still don't learn that much other than like human anatomy and to like, not have sex and if you have to have sex um use a condom and mm-hmm. like words like vast deferens and vulva that's yeah. pretty much i've summed up eight years of sex ed in school and yeah so they taking don't t- it away, teach you yeah like oh, you don't you even need it. yeah it's 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 everything needs reform but that's a different podcast um <laughs> Can you tell me more without without me being too intrusive? I just can't get past it. The vagina steam. What what what'd you do that oh, for? Yeah. What's that well, all about? Did Whitney Cummings tell you to go do that? What was what's that whole? We thing? did it together for okay, okay. Funny or Die. Funny or Die paid for it, so it was oh, a bit. I like that. But I was a total convert. So basically, you go to like this spa or whatever. Mm. The one we went to was called Takum Hill Spa on Santa Monica, like the Third Street Promenade. Mm -hmm. And you put on this like dress that has this like almost like shower curtain skirt that's like plastic. And you sit over this. It's almost like you're sitting on a toilet seat, but below the toilet seat is like this wooden thing that has this tea that steams up. So you're sitting over that with your shower curtain thing so that it creates this whole steam environment under there. And it's just, it's mugwort tea, which is something that they use in Korean spas all the time for um, health purposes. And, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's to just get rid of all the toxins in your body and the vagina. And I'm telling you right now, it changed my periods. I never had cramps after that. And yeah, like they were very mild after that. I never had any like heavy, harsh ones or anything like that. And so maybe it got rid of that film that was up there. So very healing, very therapeutic. You know, it was very weird to do it with Whitney because talking the whole time. So it would have been nice to have somebody just relax (laughs) a little quiet. But it was for a bit and they were filming us. So I'm sure that's why she was talking. So, you know. But it was it was fun. But I would definitely, you know, I I did it again. I did it a few more times. It's great. I wonder if there's a male version of that, but I don't know I what to... what it would do. Like a butthole steam, a, t- a taint steam. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I used to do this thing that Tiffany Haddish made me do too, from this guy named Doctor Rob, who definitely was not a real doctor. Who, <laughs> <laughs> just wore a white coat and he lived in I think it was Inglewood it was a it was definitely one of those houses on like 160 blah 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 street uh-huh. you know because <laughs> uh, Tiffany lived hood adjacent so she was like in the area and uh, it was called ozone therapy and so it was like this water that was full of um, ozone 
uh, which is supposedly illegal in the States because it's like, um, you know, the ozone layer has like shocks and like um, uh, electricity in it or whatever. Mm. And so it's supposed to be healing for that area. She called it the breath of God. And it could have been that too, because that was really healing and therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Not that I really like needed that much. It's not like I have a ton of stuff going on down there. I just think it's fun to do things that my friends tell me to try. Yeah, it's great. Anything yeah. that that's like relaxing that might have an off chance of improving the way you feel and your health, why not try it? It gets a bad rap. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, it definitely gets a bad rap, but there's there's all kinds of crazy things to try out here. And honestly, you kind of get bored and you're like, yeah, it'd be fun to go with a friend and do something dumb and weird. And at least we have this experience together. And like you're saying in comedy, like when we're all sitting at home quarantining and we're not writing a lot of, I mean, I know I wasn't writing that much during quarantine because you have to be living, right? you know, for us to be writing, you have to experience life and experience new things and yep. try new things and see new things. And, and so I think in, in that regard, I'm always down for trying something new just because I might get a bit out of it. Yeah. Ab- that, like getting outside your comfort zone, experiencing new things. Plus it's just not it's it's kind of heartbreaking to write jokes and not be able to try them not even yeah, oh. see if they bomb or or killer or somewhere in between it's like i was writing for a little bit and, and and it was just it just felt like comedy blue balls like i've got nowhere to go with this yeah yeah no no i totally understand that yeah that makes complete sense it's like i at, during quarantine we were still writing monologue jokes for spade for his like mm-hmm. bunker stuff yeah, that yeah. he was doing on instagram and if it weren't for that i think i might have like lost a little bit of that muscle you know so at least i felt like i was writing something even if it wasn't for me like every once in a while i would think of something for myself but you know, when you're trapped at home with an infant, it's like, how do you think of anything else? I couldn't even think nothing really felt funny. Everything felt weird. Like all we were doing was watching Netflix and staying inside and like eating and like, well, we were trying to exercise. I definitely like about halfway through, I started really like hunkering down and, mm-hmm. and uh, exercising, which was really good. It was really therapeutic. And then I ended up dropping below what I was when I started, which was nice because Me I started too. high. I remember after the miscarriage, mm-hmm. I like gained some, so I'm still like in a little uh, zone, but I, I started running like um, probably about three months. We started out walking mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. We live in El Segundo. So everything is like white picket fences and sidewalks and no <laughs> one's out. Uh-huh. So it's not like you're going to run into lots of. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. People. And we would go on these three-mile walks and just, like, look at houses and talk. And, like, when Chris got home from work, because he's a sportscaster, so he gets home at, like, 1230 every day, which is so nice. So. We would go on a walk with the baby and the dog. And it was just like this really healing time where we like really came together. I think quarantine, like it really made or or broke people. Like some people got a lot, like Eric Griffin got engaged and like one of my friends got a divorce, Uh you know, like that's Mm -hmm. like how this whole quarantine has been. It has been a real eye opening experience for people. And I'm very lucky that I had all this time with a baby, but also all this time with my partner who like, you know, it made me fall in love with him all over again. I'm so glad I picked the right guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. This, it, yeah. this is a real make or break time for most couples. I mean, y- you, you have nothing but each other, but mm-hmm. you, so you have the baby, you go home, you're ready to just kind of, you know, live that very domestic life. Then the NBA gets shut down. People <sighs> That's how are, I knew it was serious. <laughs> That's how I knew it was serious too. The NBA got shut down. Then my La Jolla gig that weekend got canceled. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's real. I wonder if I'm going to get to do Ron Funch's podcast next week. And my wife's like, no, no, you're not. Just get that out of your head. Did you as a new parent just like have panic wash over you? Or were you just like, cool, I'm staying home anyway. I guess everyone else is with me. Yeah, I didn't have any panic about any of it. Um, that's so cool. And I don't know if that's just a normal response for me. Um, mm-hmm. Also, my doctors weren't pa- like the whole time leading up to it. We would, you know, you start you going in once a week once mm-hmm. the baby's almost here, and so we just kept being like, "Should we be working?" They're like, "No, you should not now." And then, and this is at Cedars that like got like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they're like, no, and then there were definitely patients there. I think in February when we were there with the bit, but like nobody made any big deal about it. So I think because I went in thinking it's going to be okay. Now looking back, like I'm pr- I'm pretty shocked. But like we were always really careful when we went out or did anything, you know. When we um, and Chris would just go to the store like on the way home from work if we really needed anything, or we would order stuff. But like. I don't know. I think kind of the redneck in me started to come out a little bit more <laughs> during this. And I was just like, you know, I, I knew that if, if something happened to me, if I caught it, that I would be able to feed, give the antibodies to cage through mm-hmm. breast milk. So I wasn't too worried about him as long as I was breastfeeding. And so, um, 
you know, and you never know if your body's the kind that's going to adapt to it or have a tough time with it. So it's not like we wanted to take any chances, but um, when he was four months old, we went on an airplane and we went and saw our family. Like we were just like, we had to make that decision of like, is he going to meet his grandparents or not? And so that was a really tough call because you're like, am I going to kill my baby? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I had to be really worried, but we did research on the planes and how the airflow, you know, flow worked. And uh, I'm like a, a big, I've, I've only flown Delta for like the last six years. That's always my advice to comics. You know, they're not our I'm sponsor, like, but the, it, it really is the best airline. I, when comics ask me for advice, when they're young, I'm like, pick one airline and stick with it. That is my only event. You know what I mean? Like that will make yeah. your life so much better. And so, you know, they don't sell the middle seat. So we had a whole row. We got on the plane first. We got off the plane last. You know, we didn't touch anybody. I think as long as you're not touching people that mm-hmm. you don't know, you're okay. So then we rented a car and then we went to see our, We were more concerned about bringing something to them you know, because yeah. of their, they're older, you know, we didn't want to like, imp- you know, hurt. so we had to make, we obviously made sure everybody was okay. Cause we went to Chris's family and then we flew to Georgia and saw my family, you know, and it's really weird to go to Maine where it felt like everybody was really strict and then go to Georgia where people were like, what? Where people are like, why are you wearing a mask pussy? Yes, yes, yes. That's just my brother-in-law, but yes, uh, <laughs> mostly. Yeah, people wore masks. You had to wear them in stores. Luckily, like people, not like we were going in any, but like that was the rule. But um, yeah, it was kind of. So anyway, we made it back home, and then I took we took tests immediately, and like we were fine. So everything felt good, and and I live near the forum, so we were going to the forum like once a week just to get tested. I thought you were going to say just to go see Bon Jovi playing the party. Yeah, just to see the the sign that said coming soon to somebody yeah. that was in March. Yeah. Uh, no, but we were we started getting tested just so we could go see other people. So they would get tested and then we would get tested and then we would, you know, kind of meet up and see each other. And then I have family in Northern California. So I would, I drove up there a few times to see my family just because I'm like, I just you know, you have a new baby. You want to like have him Show meet it. people. Yeah. <laughs> you want someone else to hold him. You're just, I'm just like, imagine like having an infant that no one else can hold. Like it, it's such a bizarre, that's not what I imagined his life to be. Yeah. You're withholding this gift from everybody else in your life. But it's also like, but not you want your him fault. To be so, right. You know, you want him to be socialized. You want him to be comfortable right. with people. Yeah. Other than yourself. So it's kind of, it's like if you get a puppy and they never meet anybody else, they'll bark at everybody else, you know? You yeah. have to have a oh socialized puppy, basically. I went to I took my daughter to this park every single day that was near our place. It didn't have because it didn't have any play structure. Like we would go to parks with play structures and be like, no, sweetie, you can't go on that. And it'd just be a tantrum and we'd have to leave. And it was heartbreaking. So we found this park that was just basically a wide open field. And I would always see comics there, which was really great. Like I wasn't completely out of touch. Like I'd see Eddie Pepitone there every day, ran into Jen Murphy, Mark Zaratella. It was nice. Jessica Michelle Singleton. Yeah, it was cool. Like just the off chance that they had happened to be there when I was there. But there was, I started seeing this woman there who herself, you know, like 
you can see trauma as a comic, you learn how to see trauma in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Like it just mm-hmm. becomes instinctual mm-hmm. at a point. And this woman looked like she had trauma in her, her eyes and a child who looked like they'd never met another human being. Oh. And she's like, hi, hello. Um, your daughter, she, you have a daughter. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, this is my son. He's never, he's never like seen other kids before because we've just been inside this whole time with, for, for the pandemic. And I was like, it's only been like five or six months and your kid's like one and a half. And hmm. I didn't say this to her, but it, it just seemed very weird. But it's just like, this is a time where a lot of kids just are going to be socially fucked up because the timeline of when this happened just is going to screw up their development. And it's really sad, especially the longer it goes, you know what I mean? And like, just, you know, it's basically like everyone's homeschooled. Like if you have a bunch of homeschooled kids running around, you know, like they don't really know how to interact with each other or like, it's like kids who only play video games. They don't end up having a lot of friends. They have a lot of friends, but they play video games with, you know, their hand eye coordination gets really good. But like, (laughs) you know, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully like it all stops soon and like everything turns back to normal. I don't know. I think we're probably half a year away from that yeah at least we went trick-or-treating last night very very briefly there were Uh some people in the neighborhood but it was really cute people in our neighborhood came up with really fun creative ways to deliver candy some people just had buckets at a table that you could pick other people had had like um long tubes angle so they dropped the candy down and it got to you there was a guy that had like um, a remote control truck that delivered the candy it was a door and there was like an outdoor concert on our block it was really awesome cool yeah we had like a little drive-through place so i took cage there but like luckily he's too little to understand we just put him in a couple different outfits and took pictures but like we were all gonna be run dmc we were pretty excited like we're gonna have matching adidas track suits and shell tip but like you know, we'll just do it next year and then he can really yeah. experience it and he can walk and it'll be fine. So yeah. Did you dress him up as anything this year? Uh well we had a piglet costume. Oh. Because, <laughs> yeah. So we had a he and he's chunky. He was ten pounds when he was born. So he's Jesus. Good. yeah. So he's eight months old, but he weighs twenty-five pounds. Yeah. He's very tall. Wow. He's the size of a one and a half year old, basically. He's like my daughter's uh, size and she's almost two and a half. Yeah. So he's a very, he weighs a lot. It's pretty sp- spread out. It's not like he has like a gut, you know, or anything. Yeah. But like in the piglet costume, like his little cheeks are just sticking out. It's pretty cute. I'll send you a picture. But like. Oh, I need to see Yeah. It. And then he had a, um. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas outfit. Uh, Jack the I forget the the Jack um pumping ten, pumpkin ten. I yeah, I can't. Re- I watched it this morning with my daughter. I can't remember his name. I don't know. Jack Skellington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name. That's it. So he had that out. So I put that on, and then we went to the farmers market, and then he came home, and then we did Piglet. And we put a red shirt on my dog. So he was Winnie the Pooch. And so we just took like a little <laughs> picture with them. And then it was really cute. So, and people walk by, people in our neighborhood are always what we have a lot of neighbors. So people were walking by and saying hello. So that was nice. But that's about it. We didn't do too much. That's adorable. It's people, a- yeah. 
Sorry, go, no, a lot of people what? Oh, I'm saying some people had um, like treat bags just hung up, you know. I, I yeah. almost like made individual ones just to put on our um, our fence posts so people could just come by and grab those. I know some people did like um, not safety clothespins and stuff with bags. So There was I'm a sure. house in our neighborhood that did that too. Yeah, so cute. So you go, I, I think that's been the coolest thing about this pandemic is just seeing how everybody has assimilated and adapted to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you see these shows like comedy shows now that are outside, you know, in a, you know, on top of a truck or yeah. at a drive in. And it's like, I know it's not as fun. I, the magic. Have you done any? Is really fun. Is yeah, it? I did ma- magic Castle's great because they give um, these little hand clappers to everybody. Uh-huh. So you can hear these hands clapping whenever they're laughing, basically. So at least you have your timing down because comedy obviously is about timing. And so yeah. it's not like horns honking. It's like I did the Irvine Improv and like there were tons of people there and it was like the huge screen so everybody could see you. But then like there's a lot of honking. So like you can't really figure yeah. out like, yeah, it's hard. I miss doing shows. But then I hear about these shows and people here's here's how it how it's been when I talk to people that have done shows like that. They're like, yeah, I did the show. It was outside and people, you know, honk their horn or flash their brights if they're laughing in their car. It was great. I was like, was it? And they're like, yeah, it's okay." And I'm like, then you talk about it a little more and they're like, yeah, it was all right. And then by the end of the conversation, they're like, it's not the same. It kind of sucked. Oh, it's definitely but, not the same, but it's good practice just to get out yeah. ideas that I've been thinking of. And, and honestly, every time I do one, I, it's like, I almost think of a new bit on the way home because yeah. it just like my wheels start turning in that direction. Cause that muscle's working again. And then like those, we've had these little like comedy powwows at Whitney's house that like we all get tested and we go to her backyard and we try out stuff. And um, we don't just try the bit like people can like raise their hand like at the end of a joke and be like, what about this? What about that? Like we just punch up each other's stuff. And, like, I've heard about that. That sounds really awesome. There should be more of that going on even without this whole thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you have that park next door, like you should just get comics together and you that's guys sit true. in a circle and then you all do that. And like you just bring a bottle of wine or everybody brings it in a like a little Yeti, you know, thermos. And then you just sit around and like tell jokes and like try to think of stuff, you know, and sometimes stuff comes out of it and sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, just at least you're saying things out loud. That seems a lot more constructive and satisfying than like telling jokes through plexiglass. Like it's a, like, like you're like, it's a conjugal visit or something. Like I don't want to do anything through, bulletproof glass i don't want to do like glory hole comedy you know yeah i will say the irvine improv was cool because people turned their radio station to a certain channel so they could hear it just like Mm -hmm. a drive-in movie Uh so at least that was good at least i think it gives those people in each car like their own little comedy experience you know and i think it's actually good for audiences because they don't have to feel judged based on what they're laughing at you know how some people feel so insecure sometimes at a comedy show so i think it's great for audiences it's it's a lot harder for us but at the same time i think it really you know it's kind of like like i always had to open the main room right Uh that was my job or or the or at the comedy i've had to do both a lot too yeah 
Yeah, you know, and I, it's a love hate relationship with that Mm -hmm. spot, because it's so hard. It's not like I can just go try new material, you know, Mm -hmm. but it always prepared me on the road for so many situations, you know, because people are walking in, people are walking out, people are going to the bathroom, you know, and a lot of times when you come on stage as a headliner, the room is transitioning. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, wow, what a great opportunity. Like, I loved that spot. I also love that spot because it paid the same and it was the only spot that I was on time. So I yes. loved that spot. <laughs> and that you're like, you're there and you've done it. And there's no yeah. like waiting around or, yeah, it's the best. And my car doesn't have reason. to squeeze into the parking lot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I can leave before anybody else gets there. Like I, it's definitely not a spot where I'm going to be able to hang out a ton. But I guess Saturday is like the late show. You were already there when everybody was there in the middle of everything. So that was a little different, but I loved that spot. Yeah, I I miss I miss it so much. I'm, But like, here's my thing about doing those shows. It's like... How many can you even do of these mutilated comedy shows in a week? You know, maybe one. Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, it's not like, but that's like the kind of the the funny thing, like at the Magic Castle, like we're all, and we all end up hanging out for like an hour after Uh because none of us are like, peace out. I got another show. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know. It just feels like this, this old, like open mic resurgence you know where you're just like it's so hard it's not conducive none of these shows are good for your comedy but you're just saying things out loud to kind of get the repetition down and then hanging out with all these people and getting to know them and I have to say there's like a lot of comics that I knew but I've gotten to know better by these shows my other favorite thing is like they'll be like are you gonna go do the show at the taco stand in Silver Lake and I'm like that's not a pandemic that show's been there forever you know what i mean like every time they're like it's in someone's backyard in silver lake i'm like that show's been happening forever you know (laughs) that's not a (laughs) pandemic show that ain't special (laughs) yeah silver lake shows were always like so weird like that like on top of a food truck behind a denny's and you're like all right sure that's the thing that has me a little miffed about this whole thing it's like the alternative shows were always kind of outdoor or weird circumstances, social distancing friendly. But now that we're in the situation where we need that, nobody's doing it. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know. You're so right. I know. You're so right. But I do think the best thing for you would be to like get those people together at the park and like even to just yeah. sit around and hang out and talk uh-huh. and just gossip honestly which is what we would do in the back hallway the comedy store like it feels so good like because you feel alone with your thoughts and we as a comic like we have we cannot be alone with our thoughts because that spins all kinds of wheels that are not healthy and then you start going into wormholes and like you become a conspiracy theorist you know what i mean like you, you need like people to like you need, mm-hmm. you know, your friends and your network of people to be like, don't think like that. That's fucking bullshit. You know, friends don't let friends join QAnon. <laughs> right. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Oh, but boy, we've lost some comics to QAnon this year. Yeah, we sure. Yeah, have. I know. You know what? Q- QAnon is a is dangerous, but it, at least I don't know of any comics who have become proud or boogaloo boys. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. I don't even know what a boogaloo boy is. You don't want to know. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I don't know. Basically proud boys in Hawaiian shirts with guns. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, great. 
Um, I do like that the gays are trying to take the Proud Boys thing back. That makes me laugh so hard. Me too. That's amazing. It's so I great. Love that. It's yeah. perfect. Um, well, you've inspired me to to maybe be a little bit more proactive about getting dipping my toes back in the waters aside from just doing occasional Zoom shows. But I'm just like, I either want to be in one world or the other. And it's like hard to, to be in both, you know? You mean like... What, 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 what like I'm in world? my domestic life, you know, like being a, a stay at home dad because I have no other choice. Like before I was like stay at home dad by day, comic by night. And now I'm just like stay at home dad by day and night going to bed around 10. And it's just like hard to be like, all right, well, one night of the week, I'm going to go do this thing that I'm so in love with and committed to. But and it's just hard to like maybe one day a week I do it. And then the next week, not at all. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of committed to living this domestic life. Yeah. But and- you have to take care. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go on. I was just going to say that, like, I, I was worried that I wouldn't even be able to get back into that mode, you know, the longer you're away from it, because it is a muscle. So like, if you don't work out for a year, it's a lot harder to get started again. Right. And I think, the good news is everyone's in this position. So you're not alone and you're not further behind than anybody else. You know what I mean? Like everybody's in this position, but I just, like I said, I I went back to work a couple of weeks ago. I was really worried. I was like, how am I going to leave my son? Like I haven't had to leave him. I haven't, but I have to tell you that has reinvigorated me in a whole new way. And it's made me love and appreciate him in a different way. And it feels so good to be needed somewhere else. And to talk about things that are adult and Mm -hmm. a little bit interesting. And it hasn't changed the way I talk about him. It hasn't talked, it hasn't changed the way I interact with him. You know, he's still excited to see me when I get home or whatever. So like, I think the more you can do for yourself, you know, as a human being and a comedian, especially the better you'll be for your daughter. That is what this podcast is all about. Oh, okay. All right, I've got a well. I've got a few wrap-up questions for you. Oh, okay, great. Okay. And I guess you kind of answered just answered one, which is what unsolicited advice do you have for parents out there? Listen. Oh, uh, unsolicited advice. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's very easy to make your own food. I've learned that. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think adulting, drinking wine. Uh, watching a cool Netflix show with your partner and just like staying connected to them is um, the most important part because I've realized how easy it was to start ignoring my partner because I'm so focused on the baby and, and he needs my attention just as much. So I've, I've been working very hard to make sure that I am paying attention to them both. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Find that out in the, in the times that you're just have each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it gets it gets very it's when the baby's asleep you're like, okay, now what, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true what they say, the days are long and the years are short, and so I think it's nothing's more true, but you know, we have those moments together and we created this human being together, so let's make sure we're paying enough attention to each other as well. Uh, what's a lesson in parenting you've learned the hard way? 
Well, uh, I just learned the hard way that um, the yogurt I eat and the yogurt my baby eats are different. (laughs) (laughs) He woke up from his nap and I had only given him a few bites of my, he wants to try everything that I'm eating. And so I just like instinctively gave him a couple of bites of this yogurt I was eating and like, he woke up from his nap yesterday, just screaming and he had vomit everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, I just poisoned my child. So like, that was, that was something I learned the hard way. What yogurt was it? It was just like this yogurt from the farmer's market. Like some of that, like kefir, like, I don't know if it was sheep's milk or cow's milk, but not ready for all the bacteria. No, nope, not, not ready, ready for, for the that. bacteria. No, nope, not ready. Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. lastly, what do you most look forward to in being a mom? Oh, I'm really looking forward to him being a mama's boy. That's what I'm like oh. really counting on. I'm really hoping he's a mama's boy. So, I mean, I, it's already been so amazing, like, because he always wants to hug me and he tries to kiss me. He does this thing where he, he like sticks out his tongue. She also does. I know it's super cute, but he does it to the dog too. So I don't really feel that special, but no, my daughter is obsessed with our dog and loves our dog as much as she loves us. And I, I <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't feel any less love from him because of that. Yeah. It's like you want, it, it shows that he like has empathy, I guess. Yeah, no, like it's very sweet. He's very concerned you know, and like, but my favorite thing about him is that he just lights up when he sees anybody he doesn't know. And he just makes their day, which is the sweetest, cute, you know, like everybody at the grocery store. He's like, my daughter is the you know? same way. It's the so best. Cute. Yeah, it's the best. So I'm very proud and happy that he's such a lover and such a sweet kid. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't change. <laughs> It'll Hey, who knows? Every kid's different. My daughter yeah. is definitely that, but she's also a Hellion. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's three, right? She's almost, she's two, almost two and a half. Yeah. Oh, okay. So but she's fun, three, man. Though. Yeah. That's it's so fun. Great. Yeah. yeah. My niece my or my baby cousin, she's coming up here to visit this week and she's very two and a half. Like she's obsessed with cage too. Cause it's also, he's also the first boy in our family. So she's like, Where's his vagina? Where's his vagina? You know, <laughs> like, he doesn't have a vagina. He has a penis. And she's like, I'm going to touch it. I'm like, nope, you're not going to touch it. You know? <laughs> well, I'm just going to look at it really close. And I'm like, all right, you know, that's your own. He pees a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to foster curiosity, but you can't indulge it too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's a good lesson. And uh, uh, like what I have just look forward to for sure everybody like it it would suck to be the one in the family to have the grandchild or the cousin first you know like yeah we're lucky to have my wife's family who have two kids before we had ours to just it's it's a nice template it's a nice uh to see what you have ahead of you Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I must ask my cousin and my sister who my sister had a baby a year before me. So, I mean, have those resources to ask questions to. Oh, so great. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are you working on? What do you want people to see or hear or touch? Um, well, the show that I'm working on right now hasn't been announced yet, so I can't say okay. anything about it. Exciting. But it is going to be on Netflix. And Cool. 
I'm the head writer, so it's pretty cool. Congratulations, like, Sarah. Thanks. That's so yeah. cool. It's a pretty big deal. So I think they're going to announce it this week, and that'll be really fun. And I have a, um, a podcast that I do with my partner called This Week in the 90s. Sweet. And we just take the week that we're in, and then we can pick any year from the 90s and kind of rehash what happened that week. So That's awesome. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Like that's definitely by like episode four or five, we kind of figured out what we were mm-hmm. doing. But like, you can really like last weekend, I, I talked about Larry Flint and like uh, him opening up his store. So I learned all these things about Larry Flint that I didn't know. And so that's kind of what we do. We kind of dig into the person that we're talking about and kind of find all this stuff that you don't really know about them. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh plug your socials or yeah sarah tiana on twitter and instagram sarah with an h tiana with a tiana thank you so much what a great conversation this was fun thanks thanks for having me i always love talking to you so i'm honored that you likewise that's so nice yeah i'm honored that you wanted to do it this is so cool (laughs) cool well i'll see you in the halls i'm sure eventually or or outside of the Magic Castle, perhaps. Yeah, outside the Magic Castle or at a park in the valley, you know? Yeah, Just yeah, know. we'll see. All right, sounds <laughs> okay. good. Thank you so much. All right, enjoy your family. Good night. Thank you, you too. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.